Time for our weekly visit with Jerry Hill, Baylor Athletics Director of Sports Journalism. Here are J-Mo and Jerry and Aaron Sexton. Welcome back to John Morris Show on a rainy Tuesday in Central Texas. Alongside Aaron Sexton in the Allen Samuel Studios, we welcome in our good friend, and we hope yours, Jerry Hill. Boogie in as he joins us. Okay, we got two dancing questions for you first, Jerry. Aaron, what was <laughs> yours? Right. Did you see John, Har- John Harbaugh dance after they beat the Texans? I did not see that. I need to look that up. Okay, yeah. You, you've... Uh, he is a. Uh, he was very robotic because he didn't. I guess I don't. I think he didn't want to look silly. He's no Jerry Hill. Right. No, exactly. Saying. He's yeah, way yeah. too self conscious. He was way too <laughs> tight dancing. I really did. I was like, see, Jerry would just be, yeah, doing his thing and yeah. not worried about it. And he's obviously worried about it. That's great. The other one is, did you see Travis Kelsey shirtless, <laughs> kind of dancing up in the booth? Did you see that? I- that would have been Jason Kelsey, right? Uh, which one? Yeah, Jason. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Jason. You're right. Jason Kelsey. Whose season I did is not over? I heard about. The, I heard did hear about that one. <laughs> I think. He, I think he might have been imbibing. Maybe you think? <laughs> I I think maybe. Um, not to judge, but I, I think that there might have been some alcohol involved. Yeah, shirt off in and the see, suite in Buffalo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you think? Yeah, but see, that's. I think that John. I think that's what makes mine unique. Is it never includes alcohol. Like, <laughs> that's right. That's, that's just. That's just me on diet coke. You yeah. Know? Let's put that rumor to rest. No alcohol whatsoever. <laughs> no that's alcohol. all natural for you. So, that's great. Uh, yeah. All right. All right let's talk uh, about the women first. Tough loss last night to a really good Kansas State team. Yeah, John. I mean, obviously, Kansas State was playing without, you know, its best player, one of the best players in the nation in the Yoko Lee 6'6 center. Um, but, uh, you know, they're, and we, we set it going in, they're still really good, you know, and, and, but at the same time, you know, for, you know, most of the game Baylor led and was, you know, not in control necessarily, but, you know, just led the whole way uh, and then just couldn't score really the whole second half, but particularly in that, fourth quarter just really struggled uh you know getting the ball in the hoop and uh so that was that was ultimately the difference is uh you know and it wasn't like Kansas State made a ton either it's just this is Kansas State's game they play defense um you know Baylor scored 39 in the first half and that's that's way more than K-State is used to giving up and uh but again just couldn't uh, sustain that in the second half uh you know I believe they went 2 of 14 uh, from three-point range in that second half, six of 26 overall, uh, and just scored 16 points. So, yeah, that's not enough to beat a, a top-five team, had a chance to beat uh, a top-five team for the third time this year, which is amazing, but uh, just couldn't get it done in the in the last you know couple minutes there. And one thing Nikki mentioned after the game was the free throws. I mean, only 9 of 17, 53% yep. free throws. Yeah, that was tough. I mean, and, and, and some of it was, you know, ones that don't normally miss. I mean, I think even Sarah Andrews missed a free throw. I was like, that's when you know that it's <laughs> it's just maybe just not your night when right. Sarah Andrews misses a free throw. I mean, obviously she's had her struggles, um, you know, from three-point lately. But, uh, man, she's usually just ice from, uh, from the free throw line. So it was just, uh, again, a tough night. Um, you know, you and I talked about it earlier. It was 
little bit different rotations than what we're normally used to seeing. Danae Fritz was out there quite a bit. Jana Van Gietenbeek uh, hit two three-pointers. Um, Danae contributed quite a bit in, in a lot of minutes, really. So it was just a different rotation uh, matchup-wise. Uh, I know that uh, Jada Walker went out at one point with a little bit of a back injury, so maybe that was some of it too, just having to play some of the other guards to to give her some rest. But, uh, yeah, John, they had had it right there, you know, had a chance to, you know, really kind of get within one in the uh, loss column. But now you're, now you're three games back basically in the loss column. So uh, a lot of ground to make up and, uh, and don't get to play them again. That's, right. that's the tough part in this unbalanced schedule is you don't get to see them again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Baylor led by nine at halftime, as you mentioned. I need to correct something I said earlier. Uh, looking at the box score, it said they had a 13-point lead. It was Baylor's biggest lead of the game. Yep. And I thought that was second half, but it was second quarter. So that yeah. was their biggest they, lead of the game, second quarter. Right. Yeah, I think they were up, uh, let's see, I guess it was 33-20 and 35-22. Okay. Um, yeah, so 13 points in the second quarter. And, and you know, and I think that's kind of where it started to – shift a little bit because I think it was I think Nikki said it was like halfway through the second quarter uh that Kansas State switched to that zone defense and that you know and they've struggled against that pretty much against everybody who they play and and like she said after the game you just kind of you got to expect that other teams are going to use that now when when they've seen you struggle against the zone all right, Baylor, uh, with that loss last night, tough one. The first loss uh, in, at home this year and the first loss in Foster Pavilion. But the Baylor women have now dropped three of their last four. So tough stretch going, and now they go to Stillwater to play Oklahoma State on Sunday. Yeah, and that's, you know, John, that's never an easy trip. I mean, you remember with the men going up there earlier. I right. mean, that's just a – it's a tough trip. It's a tough place to play. Um, you know, Oklahoma State is is kind of right there with you in the conference uh, right now. I believe they're four and three as well. So, uh, you know, should be a good game up there. But, you know, Baylor really needs to win one, to kind of get back on that track. And then, you know, they'll be uh, hosting uh, right now 10th ranked Texas uh, next Thursday, February 1. So you'd really like to get one here and, and you know, kind of get back on that winning track. You've already beaten you know, UT down there and, and you got to have some confidence that you can beat them here. But I think they really need to get the kind of mojo back and get a win under their belt and maybe have a little momentum going into that Texas game on Thursday. That brings up an interesting question. And then let me, let me uh, ask you this. I asked coach Drew this when we recorded pregame last week, but the question I asked was, is there a different mindset going into a game when you know you're going to play a team only once or know that you're going to play them twice, right, you know, because right. the second time you can make adjustments. Um, right. And his answer was, no, you just want to win the, whatever game you're playing, yeah. which does yeah. make sense. Yeah. But but so what do you think yeah. about that? Yeah, every game, I guess, is its own animal yeah. in a sense. But, yeah, I mean, in my mind anyway, and I'm not a coach, I was like, two and 13 or something as a little league coach. So I'm, I'm not a very good coach, <laughs> but I will say my thought is, you know, in the, particularly when you have them, you know, two games like that, if you have a second chance at them, yeah, you can make some changes. You can, you know, do some uh, tweaks a little bit, you know, and have a, maybe have a better chance at second game. Or, you know, if you won the first one, you know, kind of, you, I think you're still going to tweak things a little bit and, you know, cause, that team knows what to expect from you. 
Um, so I, I do think it's a little different because you are playing them a second time and you do get that. I, I just think, you know, that we, we kind of got spoiled, John, but that double round Robin was just such a great so good. way to right. determine a conference champion. I mean, right. I, in today's world and in all the expansion and stuff, you're just not going to be able to do that unless that's all the games you play. Um, but you know, that was just the ideal situation. And, and I really think you're probably going to see some conference champions, uh, a little bit determined by the schedule they play. So that's, that's a shame. Um, but you know, it's the cards you're dealt. Uh, I remember, you know, uh, coach McGuire in in the fall talking about, man, they, they just had a killer road schedule and it was just, you know, what, what it was drawn up as. Yeah, you luck of to, the draw, right? You had to play them. Right. You know, yeah, it's luck of the draw. And I think that's a, a little bit with basketball now. It is a little bit of luck of the draw that, uh, you know, that the women aren't going to play K-State again. Um, the men do play K-State again, don't no, they? No, they don't. No, just once okay, so up there. For them yeah. Too. Right. Yeah. So that's tough. You know, you, you really want that second chance against them. And, you know, maybe you get a chance at them in the Big 12 tournament. But that's the other part, John, is, you know, just as competitors, you want another shot at somebody. If they've beaten you, you know, like the Baylor women getting beat by Kansas like that, they they right. certainly want another shot at them because they were, you know, they just were not at their best that night. So you really want that second shot, you know, at somebody to, you know, kind of make amends, get a little revenge, whatever it is. But, yeah, you know, in some of these cases, they're just not getting that. I've always thought that in a rematch, you know, which is what we used to have, like you said, right. with the double round robin, I've always thought sure. the team that lost the first game kind of had a, a, an advantage going into the second matchup. Absolutely. And particularly, um, you know, if the second one is at home, yeah. I, I think you definitely have the advantage um, because, you know, you're going to change up, you're going to make some things, you know, kind of what the other team is going to do what they did on their home court. So now you've got a chance to not only tweak some things, but now you're playing on your home court. Now it's a little different if you're playing on the road in that second game, True, but even then, John, I think you, I think you do have the advantage of maybe it's more motivation, whatever it is. I think you do have a little bit of an advantage playing that second game when you've lost the first one. Yep. I agree. Jerry Hill, our guest, Baylor Insider. How about the Baylor men? They, uh, you know, as you look back on it, they dropped two games last week, 0-2 overtime loss on the road at Kansas State and then uh, lost on a buzzer beater to Texas on Saturday. Uh, I, I've got to look this up or get some help from uh, Matt Roberts, but uh, Doug McNamee asked me the question the other day, when was the last time the Baylor men won a game on a buzzer beater? And to be honest, I I don't remember. I'd have to I'd have to go back or get some help to figure that out. I gotta think P Jack would have had a, yeah would have had a game it's a good, in there good bet. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, I know there have been some. I can't tell you when the last one was though. You're right. Um, but yeah, that that was a tough one, John. I mean, you were there, and um, you just you kind of felt like man when Jalen hit that three pointer, what a beautiful well, shot. Right uh, under pressure, just. I mean, it wasn't like he was all alone either. I mean, he, you know, he had kind of a guy in his face and just, you know, uh, arched it up there and, and sank it. You know, big shot, big time shot, because otherwise you have no chance. Um, and then they, you know, uh, Tyrese Hunter just went kind of coast to coast. And, um, you know, I I did think Langston did about what he could do. You know, I mean, every, you know, all the reports were with it, it was a layup, and it kind of was, but it was one of those where he kind of hung in the air and, and then, you know, 
hit it or shot it falling it falling down off the glass. I mean, Langston did what he could. Right. Uh, you just wish somebody would have picked him up a little sooner and kept him from taking it all the way to the basket. Yeah, that's exactly what our, our analyst uh, Aaron Sexton said. You gotta. <laughs> You had to pick him up earlier, right. make him change direction, slow him up a little bit. You slow him up a little bit, he doesn't have time to hit the layup because right. it, it right. went down literally to the final tenth of a second. So a tough loss there in the Baylor men hosting TCU on Saturday. That'll be fun Saturday, 3 o'clock in Foster Pavilion. Um, Jerry, I know you keep a close eye on track and field. Also, they had some really good performances uh, this past weekend out in Lubbock, didn't they? Yeah, it was huge. Uh, I mean, Nathaniel Ezekiel – uh, the Nigerian, I believe he's a junior now, um, you know, known more as a hurdler. Uh, but indoors, he just, you know, kind of uh, you want to run him some just because he's so good. I mean, so talented. They've run him some in the 400, uh, maybe even an 800. Uh, I think he ran like a 153, 800, maybe in that opening meet. Um, but, yeah, and this one uh, ran the fastest NCAA record in the 600-yard dash for a bank track, um, you know, uh, big time. A race out there in Lubbock at the Corky Classic, Corky Oglesby, yeah. um, who was a great friend of Clyde Hart. So, uh, yeah, that was a great one. And then the pole vaulters, the women pole vaulters, uh, just continue to really, you know, put up some great marks. I believe, you know, theirs is like the second or then they both have the same thing over 13 feet. And it's like the second or third best mark in the nation. Uh, and the best, I think, maybe at under 20. So, uh, yeah, John, I mean, they're off to a great start. I, I think I saw where the, Women are now ranked 16th in the nation, so great start for them. I mean, it's only two meets in, but they've really, like you said, they've put up some great performances already. And baseball and softball, softball's practicing. Baseball's about to start. Uh, tennis and golf are going for the spring. <laughs> you got to find some yeah. good weather to play uh, play golf this yeah. time of year, don't you? Well, and, you know, it was funny because, you know, men's tennis was out there in Arizona the day before, and I was thinking, well, is women's golf going to be able to play yesterday, you know, knowing that uh, Arizona had had some rain and stuff. But uh, sure enough, they were able to get that in and um, actually played really well. You know, there were three top 25 teams that finished one, two, three. Uh, but the women really closed well. Uh, they were actually fifth in the five-team tournament until the last few holes and uh, really closed well and shot seven under as a team and, and, and only a couple of shots, I believe, behind Arizona for Arizona State, and, and UCLA was there as well. Um, so, you know, good opener for them and had some really good performances out there. So, uh, yeah, that was a great start for them too, just 18-hole tournament uh, just to kind of kick things off in the spring. And uh, you mentioned tennis. Men's tennis won a match uh, last week. Uh, you know, that was against Arizona State, um, and it went right down to the wire, 4-3 last match on. And uh, Oscar Brostrom Polson, I think that's Oscar. I just call him Oscar. Oscar. Uh, Oscar, <laughs> yeah, Oscar won a three-setter and pulled it out. They won four-three. And I, John, that was big. I mean, because you know, I mean, uh, you don't you don't want to lose that one, knowing that at that point you were going to be playing number sixteen Arizona, and then you're going back out there this week, um, you know, in the ITA kickoff weekend. So you really didn't want to drop that Arizona State game or Arizona State match. So that was a good one and. Now they go back out there and they play Tulane on Friday in the first round of the ITA kickoff weekend. And I believe they're going for like their 14th consecutive trip to the ITA kickoff. And they've done, oh, wow. I know, at least three of them on the road, which is, you know, really unheard of because your, your higher seeded team 
are the ones that are hosting and, and, you know, they've, they've been able to beat, knock off higher seeded teams. I think it was at least two of the last, you know, four years or something. So uh, trying to do that again, uh, won't be easy. Arizona's really good, uh, but they got a shot. And I, I think it's one of those deals where they, they believe they can do it. Very cool. Well, great to visit with you. We appreciate it. Uh, stay warm, stay dry, and we'll see you back at the office. Hey, John, do you think we could uh, maybe kind of throw in professor of journalism in that intro as well? Can we do um, can we, Aaron, what do you think? Can we do something? Like, I think we could do that. I may get voted down on that. Professor, <laughs> no. Professor Jerry Hill. I think it's fitting. I think we could do that. I mean, it's accurate. It's yeah. true now. So we'll, well, we'll work on that. Okay. We'll get, the, right. we'll get that to the voice guide to record. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Professor. Thank you very much. Jerry Hill with us. Professor Jerry Hill. Uh, he is a professor. He is uh, He's teaching a class now in sports writing uh, at Baylor. Started this spring. So isn't that great? Jerry giving back, uh, filling young minds with all his knowledge that he's acquired through the years. Those lucky young minds. Oh, isn't that the <laughs> truth? We've asked him, our athletic communication staff, asked him if we could um, kind of, kind of uh, crash his class one day. Hey, he's he's a little bit of afraid of all of us coming in at one time. I can imagine, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. (laughs) It'd be fun. It would be fun. All right, thanks to Jerry. Appreciate him and appreciate his friendship. Let's take a break. We'll be back with more in just a moment. We are brought to you in part by Kaleo Wealth Management. Building a relationship with each client is the staff at Kaleo Wealth Management's ultimate goal. 200 West Highway 6 in Waco. Call them at 254-751-5050. Give them a call and tell Joe that we sent you by. We're also brought to you by ATDS, American Truck Driving School, assisting companies with training their employees to obtain their CDL license to fill driving positions. So much freight to be hauled and not enough drivers to keep up with the demand, especially since it's a requirement to attend a truck driving school now to get your CDL license. ATDS trains drivers for over 20 different companies. They can obtain their CDL license in as little as 20 days and be on the road working immediately. Only requirements are you must have a valid Texas driver's license. Check. No outstanding tickets or warrants. Check. Check. And you must be able to pass a drug screen and DOT physical. Check and check. They train and test on manual transmissions, which sets them apart from other schools in the area. They don't want their students to have an automatic restriction on their license. Starting a new class every two weeks, they also have weekend classes available. Here's the number for ATDS. Call them at 254-829-1694. I'll give it to you again if you're writing it down. 254-829-1694 and get your employee enrolled to obtain their CDL license. Baylor Big 12 Basketball. 